Unlock the full potential with your business with Leadershipity. Our proven strategies have fueled growth for countless organizations. Ready to elevate your leadership and scale your success? Book your free 15-minute consultation now. Click the link in the show notes below and let's make your business soar. This whole social media thing, I mean, you guys kind of touched on it, but it's, uh, you know, what's it interesting is it seems like probably back in the day when we were growing up, the athletes were revered and just, I mean, they're just the, the top notch and everything else. But it's almost in a sense because of social media that some of these athletes are almost getting bullied, which is mm. crazy. But like, you know, here's these athletes that have always been like everybody looked up to more now because people could hide behind that social media. They could say stuff. And it's scary because I've seen there was that one that we talked about, I think on another episode, Trent, but like that one college softball player, she just was doing fantastic player of the week, player of the month. And she ended up taking her life. Mm, and it's yeah. just, it's sad and it's, it's scary. And so that's kind of the downside of some of the social media and even the NIL stuff is it. And I think you brought up before, uh, Clippy, about just the resiliency of some of these athletes, but there's challenges for them too. I mean, they might get all this hype and they seem like they're doing fantastic, but they're not. So we, we need to be cognizant of that and make sure that there's people out there and if they need help, they look for it. Don't take it for granted. Welcome to NIL for You. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, where we've created a platform for alumni athletes and other alumni to network and connect and just do a lot of different things on there. I'm also a host of Athletes, Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey, where we talk about athletes transitioning out of sports and to teach and inspire athletes that there is, in fact, life after sports. And on this show, we cover a lot of different topics. It's all about NIL for education, but always excited to introduce my co-host, Coach Trent. Hey, what's up, everybody? Like, excited to be another show of NIL for you. Super excited about today. We're going to bring uh, some fun stuff on NIL. We are coming off into the new year of 2024, end of 2023. So there's just lots going on in the NIL space. And it's bowl season, right? Which, that welcomes in our special guest, James Clifford. What's up, Cliffy? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Man, excited to have Cliffy on board. Cliffy, real quick, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, where they can find me. They can find me a lot of different places, I guess. Uh, what do you mean, like, where they can find me? Google uh, you can find me. Where they can get a hold of you. They want to talk to James Clifford. They can find you on LinkedIn. They can email yeah, you. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn for sure. LinkedIn, I, you know, I, I my daughters have helped set me up with some of the other things. But <laughs> I think if you, if you search me, you, you'll be able to find me. All right, all right. So... James Clifford, Cliffy, as we all know him well, and uh, he and I have uh, been colleagues for a long time. Cliffy's a longtime strength coach in professional baseball, played linebacker at the University of Washington. And of course, you know, we're pretty excited right now. Your Washington lean looks pretty flipping good right now. And probably actually by the time this thing airs, it will be decided, are they a national championship or not? And so super excited about that. So that'll, that'll be like hanging in the balance that we're all like forthright, hopeful for you, but yes. to see how that goes this weekend. I am ex so, yeah, extremely excited for that. I mean, I'm actually, uh, I'm in Arizona right now, but uh, tomorrow morning I'm heading down to Houston and uh, going down there with a bunch of the old boys and uh, we're going to get together and uh, hopefully uh, watch a uh, national championship for Washington, which in all honesty, uh, what was it? It's 32 years ago that I played in a 91 national champion game. It's actually the Rose Bowl against Michigan. That wow. 
we dismantled Michigan 32 oh. years ago. And it's weird, 32 years later, going to Houston to watch, hopefully, the Huskies do it again. Okay, so so in what year was that, 91? 91. At the Rose Bowl. That was the national championship because I remember going to the Rose Bowl for a national championship with Michigan and Washington State one year, which was pretty flipping awesome. That was an awesome game. That was uh, the Ryan Leaf days. I, did you play against Ryan? Yeah, no, I didn't. But yeah, so. he was. This is probably a little bit. He was after you, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, you're looking good, by the way, man. 30, 31 years ago. What's up? <laughs> you know, following your own advice of uh, taking hey, staying fit, throw athletes on top of their game, and now you got you on top of your game. <laughs> click, click. Yes. Can you still play? You see them on up or no? I, you know what? I cannot. I mean, honestly, my <laughs> football days and all my baseball time, I, I just had a knee replacement actually about 13 months ago. Doing great, though. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, all right. So, you're, you're not going to be 12th man this weekend. I am not. Okay. So, all right. Um, super cheering. excited to welcome. Uh, now, Cliffy is an entrepreneur involved with Schmitty's Herbal Snuff, which is a really cool brand. This is a basically a chew tobacco alternative. If that's fair to say, energy products, CBD, you guys done a lot of different things in the space for dippers to get out of that nicotine, get out of some bad habits, some addiction and addictive traits there. But there's challenges in that business. Is that fair, Cliffy? Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. I look at it, it's, it's simple and it's miserable snuff. We're, we're basically a tobacco cessation company. We, we would like to uh, give people an alternative out of the, let's just say, 90 million smokeless tobacco users out there, somewhere between 40 and 60% of those want to quit. They just really don't have a good alternative. So what we're doing nice. is it's a tobacco-free, it's a tea-based, it's uh, nicotine-free, yet you're getting the same ritual, the same mouthfeel. We do have a, an energy blend also, so you, you can get some sort of stimulation, like you know, basically a cup of coffee and going to give the guys something. But it's it's... You know, I've been in wellness my whole life, right? Trent, a lot of us have. You know, every, everybody here is trying to help people. After 30 years with the Mariners and, and you know, both as, as a player and, and then, you know, trying to build up young men to, you know, reach their goals, to help the organization and help that individual, I've always tried to help people. So when I got out of the game, I was looking for something to continue that, that, that trend of, of really trying to help people in the world, you know, not just physically, but even, even mentally and, and emotionally. And, and, and those around them, because I, I promise you one thing, those, those 40 to 60% of dippers out there that want to quit, there's 100% of their wife's, girlfriend's, loved, one, loved ones that want them to, to quit and, 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 you know, basically kick that habit. So uh, that's how I got involved with Schmitty's. I'm excited about it. And I, it's nice to continue to try to make a difference and help people. Yeah. Rob, did you know that 90 million people were tobacco users? That's a huge number man like if, no, in our, it's it's not, well, it's not over a quarter <laughs> did you say 90 million tobacco or non or or the smokeless tobacco uh any smokeless tobacco nicotine type of users oh okay. gotcha yeah that's crazy wow all right so rob let's hit some headlines yeah that sounds good First one up, Michigan State alum launches campaign for Maddie Sissoko's foundation to help home village Walk us through a little bit of this one. Yeah, it was interesting. So, you know, we've talked about this in other episodes. So, so Maddie is a, a foreign student. So international students cannot partake in NIL. So he doesn't have the ability that his uh, U.S. teammates have. However, what he did is he set up a, 
a 501c3 uh, nonprofit and it, under his name, uh, Foundation. And what he's doing is he's giving back to the uh, children and in the town where he's from in his home community. Talk a little bit about, you know, uh, him and his brother having to, you know, drive miles and miles away to play basketball in their home country. And now uh, in his hometown, they've, they've, you know, added basketball there based on his contributions. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of the Michigan State game last night. And Soko is, you know, amazing kid. West African village, right? This kid grows up walking an hour to school with no shoes, right? Bad, you know, an hour both ways, right? This is what education, you know, how, how we're so hungry for that. You know, we forget how blessed we are in our country, right? And man, and then you think about like the Breslin Center going crazy and how much just money around that program and the education and Michigan State and all that's going on. It's amazing. And here's a kid who's just like, hey, I, I, I want other kids from these humble beginnings to have the opportunities that I've had. And so this this uh, alum helps him, and man, that's a, that's a pretty good feel good story. That's nil for good all the way right there, Cliffy. You know, you're seeing these kids now that are really just heartfelt. It's not all about them, and I'm I'm loving that position. What what did you see here? I mean, I, it's just that it, it's touching. It's great. I mean, I think when you look at what matters in the world right now today, and, and you know, everybody just sees things and they're looking for the best thing for themselves normally, and to see something yeah. like this. I really feel that, uh, that the sense of humanity and, and you know, caring, it should touch everybody. It should bring everybody together. I love that. And hopefully uh, other people will see that as an example and, and maybe uh, do something like that themselves. Yeah, amazing, right? And so yeah. Indiana institutionally has done very well. We've talked about the Hoosiers for, for Good collaboration, right? They have a Hoosiers for Good collective is amazing so they have two collectives on campus hoosiers connect and hoosiers for good and they do a holiday fundraiser where they raise two million dollars what do you think robbie well what the point there too is they raised a million themselves but then there was an anonymous donor who who matched it and put another million in and it's it's crazy that uh, they could do and it, it puts them in a good position uh we were talking offline before just uh, these schools are more and more just the way that the whole NIL horizon are, are needing to raise a lot of money through these collectives in order to be competitive with uh, other schools. Yeah, I love this. I mean, raised, you know, a half a million dollars in under 48 hours from 641 people. Someone steps up, obviously, an anonymous donor and matches the $1 million they raised in, in for Indiana. And I love this. <clears throat> really, they have a great deal, Cliffy. We've, we've kind of covered these. They have everyone on every team. At least one player has signed up for Hoosiers for Good. So they're all donating to about, what do you think, Rob, maybe 10 to 15 charities that they've all designated. And so when certain amounts of NIL money are made, it goes to that. So pretty cool concept there at uh, for Hoosiers leading the way. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, all right, so let's go to Juju Watkins, the freshman out at USC. One thing that's pretty cool about the women of Troy star Juju is uh, she's got a Nike partnership. So I think when we look about Watkins, best player they're saying outside of Kalen Clark, pretty impressive as a freshman, went to high school with Bronny James. So, you know, it's pretty cool that these kids are now go growing up around athletes, investments, 
giving back endorsements? How do I carry myself? What do the people want? Using that platform for a lot more than just their sport. What do you see here, Rob? Yeah, and and what she also did, yeah, the platform, like she came from uh, uh, some of the rougher neighborhoods in LA and, and she wanted to give back to those communities. So uh, she gave back, it was like Crenshaw and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the other schools there, but basically uh, through Nike, they, they gave a bunch of shoes to these different kids in need, uh, which was fantastic. And I, you know, I don't know if uh, Bronnie had anything to do with that or it was all her, but it's nice to see again, not just all about the money, but how they want to give back to the communities. Yeah, I like this good juju holiday give back. You know, Cliffy, we've been in these environments in LA, played obviously there a lot, so you're in there. And, and you yeah. know, there's so many quality athletes that are coming out of these low socioeconomic impacted areas. And, and it's so nice to see that the kids actually have an opportunity to not only get some a hand up and, yeah. and pull them up into something, but also some education around what's out there and what's possible. You know, you've seen a little bit because in baseball, we see these environments, right? Where athletes come from everywhere. Right. And, and yeah. what I love about baseball is the melting pot of now what 15 countries and how many mm -hmm. languages. And it's, it's really changed the dynamic of things in the uh, clubhouse. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I, I think it, Going back to the whole, you know, college scene, I, I will, you know, again, I'm going to take myself back you know, a, a bunch of years, but I played with a lot of players from, you know, inner city, you know, LA, you know, Crenshaw, Long Polk. I mean, all, all these, you know, all these schools. And I, I'll never forget where, you know, guys that wanted to maybe take a girl to a movie, you know, let's just say they're in their first two years or they're just their, their basic scholarship. The first two years you had to live on campus, right? You, you, you know, you had to eat on campus. You, you didn't get really any money in your hands at all, even, you know, housing or, or living money. It was all kind of cat card to go and, yep. you know, go with that. So I remember guys not even able to, like, say, hey, I want to take this girl I just met to dinner and a movie on Friday night. And they had no money. They had yeah. nothing. And because their family, they came from a situation where they just didn't have anything. And, uh, I remember that, and, and me being from Seattle originally, and living up there, and being at Washington, I, I was able to really my my family. I was I, I was I was blessed, I guess. I, I got what I needed. I didn't always get what I wanted, but I, I pretty much got what I needed. And being local, I was able to bring a lot of uh, I don't know just our team over and, and kind of adopt them as as part of my family. My my grandpa was an amazing man, and he used to he used to have the whole defense over uh, once a month for a big salmon feed. Uh, he was yeah, too. So. We try to do that, but nowadays, especially a thing like this, to to not only uh, does the, the the NIL give the kids an opportunity to maybe you know have a little bit more of a, a life and and improve their even like mental health uh, because they can do things, but also the, the I guess the uh, getting into the business and understanding business a little earlier, I, I think is really going to help uh, athletes as they go forward in life because um, we all know a lot a lot of them don't make it. Uh, yeah, as, as they go and they, they, they're learning from uh, people are getting put in their lives that are teaching them, you know, maybe how to use this money the right way and, and, and how to continue to grow it and to help other people, which is which is very commendable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome, man. I mean, it's a it's a great walk back of how things used to be. And and I don't know that it's not that same way still, Cliffy, in the fact that, you know, if you're if you're an inner city athlete playing in a non revenue sport you could still be in that. There's not a lot of NIL opportunities all the time. You're going to have to work for those opportunities. And, you know, if you're, if you're playing on the field hockey team and you came here, you're, you're probably have 
good things in place to cover your expenses. But there's just not a lot of cash exchange. And I think I think actually nowadays that they're doing this bonus, uh, they, they call it this bonus at college where it's to help you get back and forth from school and a little bit, and, and kids to manage some money. And I think it's good that they have that now, even if you're in a sport where you're getting all the advantages of free education and housing, and that's a wonderful thing. I'm never going to discount that scholarship aspect yeah. because it's big. But, you know, it does matter that you're able to do something socially, right? <laughs> you just mm-hmm. can't have zero cash value because if you're a full-time scholarship athlete, so for a long time, you were unable to work. So yeah. that was a restriction for many years. So let's uh, let's bounce into this one, Rob, because uh, you, you brought this one, and I thought this one is it, it's going to be intriguing to watch. Yeah, so it, it, it's talking about just, uh, you know, NIL in 2024, the year of donor fatigue, and so many people now, are giving to these different collectives, but now all of a sudden, it, you know, we're not getting to pay for play per se, but I think these collectives are looking at like, if the teams aren't doing well, are they going to want to continue to give money? And then they've got the athletic department now saying, no, hey, you got to give us money to be competitive. So it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic of, of what's going on in that space. Um, you know, what, what's your thoughts on that, Trent? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I can understand the donor fatigue. I mean, I think there's a lot of fatigue in certain areas that are happening, right? Where we we found and we latched onto some things, and it's it's challenging. You know, in in my world, right? We have a we have a high end leadership development coaching firm, a growth coach company, and man, I mean, the noise in coaching is very loud. So now all of a sudden, this noise and donor and what we need, and we got to go, you know, we'd like to sign Cliffy. He's the best high school player ever. You know, if someone can just send us a half a million dollars, like, <laughs> what? Like, holy cow, man. Like, I, I don't know how it's going to look, but but the optics are definitely looking pay to play, especially with this portal kind of what people are being offered inside it to go into it. You know, and I, and I, and again, we've, we've mentioned this before. I always caution on the fact that you know, literally two thirds of people that enter the portal don't come out, right? They don't get an opportunity. So the portal's not all win-win for everybody. And there is a high, you know, a fraction of the top percent that do make some NIL money out of that. But that is not the standard. Cliffy, what's your, what's your take on this donor fatigue? I mean, I think it's the, I think fatigue's the wrong word. I, I would say I, you, you, it might be the year of donor frustration. I think the donor side of it, I think it, it almost a lot of them will feel more entitled to have a say. Believe me, we, we can empower people all the time, whether it be in sport, whether it be in politics, whether it be just on social media. At church. Yeah. You know, the big church. donor at church, like, hey, uh, we should do this with my money, right? Yeah. And all, all of a sudden, it, you know, it becomes instead of a, uh, I mean, a group thing or to a university thing, or it, it becomes a singular thing about, about the donor themselves. And I, you know, there needs to be some caution in that and understanding, but but it's a true thing. There's always been donors, right? They just yeah. now the players are, are are getting some of that, which is great. So there, there's always been our boosters that are the, the, you know the main ones that get more access that end up on our team planes that do things. But now there's more people involved and they feel like they can make that difference. So you know, donor frustration. Everybody wants to win, right? You know, and and we should want to win. Every game I've ever played, I've won one. I, you know, we want to win. So I get it. But at the same time, I, I think we need to understand it. And it's not put people back in their place, but really just make them feel part of it. And I guess, you know, go on from there. And, and, and hopefully they, they're able to 
keep that NIL going for that university because it, it is a little, it is frustrating, but it's a little scary, right? All of a sudden, one university they, they shut them down, and in you know how how's that going to affect them going forward? Yeah, no doubt. Let's look at this last one: University of Missouri, Mizzou, the School of Journalism team up on the NIL branding program. Kind of great. Now we got the students involved, helping athletes, learning marketing, branding. I mean, this is this is fabulous for me, Rob. Yeah, it's great. I think just to, you know, now, you know, NIL, the focus has been all the money and everything going to these athletes, but the fact that they could, you know, bring in um, other college students and give them the experience to, you know, help with the marketing, the branding, the social media, they're learning and they're also helping these athletes out or helping the school's programs out, which I just think it's fantastic. It's a, it's another, I guess it's almost like another internship, internal internship per se, where these marketing students are working together with the athletic department. I think it's kind of cool because I, I see it like building fans, Cliffy. Like I can imagine some young lady who's never gone to a Washington Husky football game assigned to James Clifford, and all of a sudden she's helping you with social media. You're getting to know her, and she's like, "Wow, I think I want to go to the game Saturday and see how James does because you know I've been following this guy, and let, let me find out what it's all about. I'll be better at my job because I know what actually he has to go through now and get this." intimate look and going, you know, I think there's some, some barriers that break down of like, oh, athletes get all everything and like, oh, follow me for a day as I've got 12 hours of, of commitment today, right? Class, this uh, video review, a workout, you know, practice, training table, back to study hall, another class. And like, yeah, hey, it's so easy to be an athlete. And like, whoa, I have a new perspective of the athletes. And I, I think this is like, win-win uh, for learning skills for both sides. I, I totally agree. I, I second that and it's very well said. It's perfect. I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And, and, and like you said, it's just, it's, it's bringing more people into the bubble, right? In, in, yeah. in all, different areas. all right. Let's cut out for a little bit. Let's come back to Cliffy. Let's talk a little bit about, first, I want to talk a little bit about your year in base, uh, you know, as a college athlete transitioning from college, obviously you're, you dated yourself there about how long ago you were in that national championship, by the way. And I'm with you, by the way. So yeah, I've, got, I've got no argument, bro. <laughs> I'm, even, I'm even longer than you guys. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you were on the uh, Blue Hens uh, track team in 71. Yeah, that's it. I, I, was, I was in the Rich Gannon years of, uh, of, of Blue Hens. The Rich Gannon years. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Rich Gannon. Wow. I, I will say one thing, if I can jump in real quick before I move on to that. I do want to, you know, on the NIL standpoint, you know, I, I do think right now in college, sport you know, student athlete i think there's a uh i wouldn't say mental health concern but i would say like a resiliency concern right now in, in yeah. you know mental resiliency and and, and how they're identifying and how, where they identify themselves at so i think that i don't think nil can help it in regards to making somebody like believe that they're, they're who they are their worth. at the same time i think it can uh accelerate a feeling of of non-resiliency and that, that i'm not maybe worthy so i think it, it's it's really interesting of what's going on in the sport and i'm not talking about your stars i'm not talking about your your you know your big prospect guys because most of them are very resilient they know who they are and what they want to be it's a lot of the other sports that are, are and, and other maybe the backups the scout team guys or the or the guys you know the starting pitcher that gets hurt how they feel about how they identify who they are as a human, and I do think there's in, in college sport right now that it, with you know the academic you know sport demand, people don't get it. Like you, you just mentioned, it, and it, what really goes into that? 
And when people start feeling like they're not part of that group, if they're not the starter or their classes or they're, you know, they're failing some classes or they're having a hard time in school and you don't feel resilient or know who you are, I guess, even though you're not the starter, I think that really opens up that transfer portal, which where it's, I don't think it's a good thing in that regard because it lets got people, these kids, feel like, okay, I don't feel like I belong here. And, and instead of us going, why, why is that? Why aren't we making them feel? Because I know I'm not identified just through playing football or what I'm identified, you know, my, my relationship with the Lord, my family, my, you know, everything I do. So I just wanted to bring that up because it is, to me, it is an issue. And the, the NIL, the one, you know, this guy got this much money, this woman didn't get, you know, got that much money. It can start weighing on how resilient people are. Also. So mm. it's just something I want to be aware of and make sure everybody under, understood. It's, it, it is something out there. Yeah, and I think it's a really important thing, you know, and talking about, we've had a couple tips of the week and a couple of weeks back, we talked about like, you know, there's a lot of things on social that aren't positive, right? And man, and I think about this every fall because it feels like there's probably 15 kids that are kicking field goals who are the bane of the campus, you know, for one day on Saturday, right? it's the final game and all of a sudden all the alumni are upset. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you miss a 48 yarder? Like, Hey, have you ever kicked one? Like, and you know, like it, it's, it, you know, of course they're making it look easy. I mean, this new guy from yeah. the Cowboys is driving me crazy. He makes it look so easy. It's dumb. And so it's a challenge and it's a matter of like, you, you know, who you are and being grounded in that. I think it's really important. And I think kids are, you know, it's at that age where you're learning kind of who you are and, and maybe you don't know yet. And I do think there's challenges in that. I, I definitely think there's plays and I'm definitely worried about kids starting to look at all the comments after a bad day on the field or the court or anything else on the ice and you know, didn't go their way. And, hey, how come she doesn't play defense? You know, we need to find somebody else. Yeah. She should enter the portal. And, you know, all the crap that fans want to say. And I'm always going back to, you know, what my mama taught me, which was, you know, you got nothing good to say. Don't say nothing at all, right? Yeah. And, and you wish that were true sometimes on the social because there feels a lot of boldness behind that phone yeah. or yeah. behind that computer. A lot of boldness of what people say. And it's not always the healthiest thing. And there's definitely... I'm always wondering, Cliffy, too, about the discrepancy in, you know, the high earners, man. I mean, we, obviously, we saw this in pro sports. You have league minimum players, and you have players making $25 million a year, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's, like, there's a gap, and people know who they are and where they're at, and, and they may want to be somewhere else, and they're driven for a different contract and a different agreement. But, you know, at college, when you're young, you may not understand that, and, you know, a few of the players get a lot of money. But one of the one of the things I really enjoyed when NIL came out in the first year was like the twelfth guy on the team at the University of Michigan basketball team was the highest earner, right? <laughs> like uh, Adrian, I forget his name, Adrian something, and and Adrian and his girlfriend, you know, big TikTok stars, Instagram stars, and like they were both making I think a million dollars a year, and like nobody playing on that basketball team was getting wow. the kind of money. But he had the three and a half million followers, you know, like so it's actually kind of neat that someone can have some success, maybe somewhere else yeah. in some other area that's very positive, that it's not necessarily tied to the full success of the team all the time. And so it's an interesting dynamic. Rob, what, what uh, you want to weigh yeah. in on that? Yeah. I mean, this whole social media thing, I mean, you kind of, kind of touched on it, but it's, uh, you know, you know, about it interesting is it seems like probably back in the day when we were growing up, the athletes were 
revered and just, I mean, they're just the, the top notch and everything else. But it's almost in a sense because of social media that some of these athletes are almost getting bullied, which is mm. crazy. But like, you know, here's these athletes that have always been like everybody looked up to more now because people could hide behind that social media. They could say stuff. And it's scary because I've seen there was that one and we talked about, I think, on another episode, Trent, but like that one college softball player, she just was doing fantastic player of the week, player of the month, and she ended up taking her life. Mm, and it's yeah. just, it's sad and it's, it's scary. And so that's kind of the downside of some of the social media and even the NIL stuff is it. And I think you brought up before, uh, Clippy, about just the resiliency of some of these athletes, but there's challenges for them too. I mean, they might get all this hype and they seem like they're doing fantastic, but they're not. So we, we need to be cognizant of that and make sure that there's people out there and if they need help, they look for it. Don't take it for granted. Great insight on the shift of, you know, the mentality, because I, I agree with that, Rob. I, I agree that like, man, college athletes growing up, probably in your era, Cliffy, yeah, where, you absolutely. know, Butch Bullfork and all these guys from U of M, like you knew who they were. One of my high school uh, players when I was a kid signed at Michigan and we used to love watching him. He was a wide out, probably got, you know, maybe a catch a game, but he was on the field. Michigan was a big deal. And man, these kids were totally inaccessible. Like, you know, like you only knew him as like, Hey, I think he's number 42 on the team. You know, like you didn't know now all of a sudden, man, in, in 15 seconds, you're in their feed commenting. I'm trying to get them to interact with you and talk with you. That's a very different world. Yeah. But what's your take on that? You know, I think it was, it, it struck me when you said, wow, these athletes are, are getting, you know, you could consider getting bullied. Right? Yeah. And I hadn't thought about it in, in, in that, you know, that description. And it's it, true. Right. I mean, it's true. I think, and, and it's not just the athletes, right? It's any GM, any owner, it's any coach, it's any, it's everybody. Yeah. But the thing that we, we, we look at and all level of athletics, I mean, it's happening in high school, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. the same things happening in high school and, and, and maybe not even in sport, it's happening in, you know, in, in all other areas. And as, you know, re resiliency and, and self-worth and, and, and belief in oneself, it's, it's something that I do believe is, is something that we, we as a, I guess, society and institutions need to really, you know, be aware of and, and I guess look at interventions or, or just well, how do we assess it? How about that? How, how can we assess how this person's handling this, this situation? And, you know, I, I am interested in that in that area, and I've actually even talked with some some companies who are trying to figure out how do we measure uh, resiliency uh, and and really how that plays out into into life and and, and performance. Uh, and I don't mean just sport performance. I mean like the auto industry. Do, do they do a really good job at, at looking at each individual uh, section of their uh, I guess plants and and how those people whether they're resilient or not and and how they perform. You know, are they high performers? Are they not high performers? What language do they use? You know, through email and text. I don't mean they read their emails or texts, or but they they can like scrub company wide and you know words, keyword, and find out you know how that I guess is measured against their performance and resiliency on assessments. So it is something I'm somewhat passionate about, and, and I do think in in the I guess student athlete world with uh, people think they have it the best, but as again as Trent you mentioned earlier on the, on the show. It is so much more goes into it than just showing up for that game. I mean, it's it's and and you know the classes, the extra work, the study halls, the you know, and then maybe not even have any money to go you know go out to dinner. So it's we just need to be aware of that and and find out and and try to put things in place so where it can help them assess and help. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about Schmitty's real quick. I mean, Schmitty's has a unique product categorized into the tobacco, smokeless tobacco category, which means, which I didn't really realize actually until talking a few of your team members, is that very restrictive on advertising marketing in this space. So this NIL thing all of a sudden becomes very interesting because you have a bunch of users in that space. It's a high user demographic. And you're trying to get the name out there. And you're seeing a lot of products now that catch a lot of fire because of social media performers, uh, influencers that are out there putting things into the market. And it's amazing. And certainly when you have something that's going to help someone alleviate some challenge and and some addictions, I, I like the idea. This is a, it's a potential NIL for good right here with Schmitty's, um, you know, herbal stuff right here as they uh, develop the product. We'll be coming back in about six months talking about the uh, success of uh, Schmitty's. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, but, you know, it, it is an interesting uh, thing. And then we are actually working on the, uh, I guess, marketing advertising side because we are a tobacco-free, nicotine-free, you know, alternative to, you know, tobacco. We are not tobacco. So the problems you run into on, you know, different sites, the web and print media is because we still look like a tobacco they uh and in how it you know it appears it's still in a, in a tin and a puff it, it they're hesitant and we're we were doing some things and trying to you know educate them because we should be able to go out and go you know the world series brought to you by schmitty's herbal stuff and pouches because yeah. we're not a tobacco company of course tobacco yeah. companies can't do that so when you look at now because we're unable to do that at the moment, but we are look. We should be able to, if that makes sense. It's really a lot of logistics to go into things, right? Yeah, a lot of hurdles. And I'm learning that in business. I'll, I'll tell everybody right now. Uh, you know, any athletes that are watching, and, and you know, in baseball. So if you're one for three and uh, three for ten in baseball, right? You're a Hall of Famer. If you do that your whole career, you're you're in the Hall of Fame. You're you're two hundred, three hundred million dollar player. You're going to end up making all that money in business. I've learned over the last you know year plus that. If you're like one for 50 going into to getting things done, you're like, a, you're going to be a Hall of Famer if you're one for 50. There is so much failure involved and, and people, you know, try to educate people. And, you know, I've been at some conferences and meeting with like the thief store owners, like the convenience store owners want you to have distribution. The distributors want you to have C stores. I mean, and, and anybody who knows me out there, I, at times I just have to just say, I go right to it. So I had this guy who has uh, 1,500 C-stores, and I had uh, a big distributor. And I'm like, okay, guys, help me out here. I'm not, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You want this distribution. Distributor, you want the C-stores. You like our product. What is going on? How do we get this done? I didn't get the deal. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, me, I was ready to sign up, man. I thought you had to yeah, get yeah. <laughs> but, but it's really been a lot of fun. I've learned so much. And, uh, I tell you what, the funnest thing and was the first maybe month or so and meeting with all these large companies and and because we, you know, we have partnerships, we have a lot of different things we're we're, we're trying to do was uh, all these acronyms that all these guys were using. And I'm in there, you know, this is my you know first time after I've been in baseball for 30 years. basically, And I honestly, I would say five times a meeting, I would have to stop people and go, can you help me out and tell me what you know that means? And so they would do it. 
And you know what? There's good humans in the world because I think people really was like, whoa, wait a minute, this guy's really trying to learn. And yeah. they went out of their way. And I think it's not just because I was an athlete or, you know, past working in sports, because humans are innately, you know, most are good people. And they're like, wow, this guy's showing such interest and really wants to learn this, that, that most of the people I was meeting with, and we're talking some really large, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. These, these leaders in these companies were like, oh, wow, okay. And they took interest in that. They wanted that. So any athletes out there watching that, as you get going, ask the questions. You don't have to know. You yeah. do not have to know the answer or even know what they're talking. It's kind of charming to them. And they, they feel good because most people do want to help people. I think after a month of it, they got maybe tired of it. But, <laughs> but I, I tell you, it, 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 it's, it's, really, it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you definitely have to check your ego at the door. And and I think it's, you know, one of the huge things of athletes that that most people don't get is that athletes are absolute hyper learners, right? They learn very quickly. In fact, your success is based on learning something, being able to adapt to it and then execute it at game speed and you got 45 seconds. Go, Cliffy. <laughs> yeah. You just showed me how to do it once, right? Like, yeah. right. But now in 45 seconds, this play is going to happen and we need you to do this now. And you're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> like, yeah. I might muck it up, but I'm going to give it my best, you know? A hundred percent. I think another thing that benefits athletes as they go on is, you know, we learn our game plan, right? You know, like I said, it, took, it, it takes, uh, you know, whatever, it took me a, a month or so to finally start understanding things. So, uh, you know, like in, in, in football, we have a new game plan. Let's say they, you know, for, for football, you know, as soon as the game's over with on Saturday, you know, we have a, you know, a meet, you check in with the trainers on Sunday and then boom, you have your game plan given you for the next week and you start kind of going on that, you know, by Wednesday. And I, I believe all athletes in most and most people in general, once you would learn the game plan, so hopefully I kind of have it down, down a distance tendencies, formations, what guys are going to, you know, special alerts, you know, kind of just how you break the other team down, you know, key plays, key performers. Uh, when this guy's in, in this position, you know, you kind of learn all that. Once you learn that, let's say on Wednesday, I kind of felt like I had it down. And again, I was an inside backer, so I had a little bit more awareness. What I, I had to have more awareness. Then, and I think most athletes are like this, your curiosity comes in. Okay, then I learned the game plan of how we're, coaches are trying to scheme this. And then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm curious as, you know, I just, you know, and the same thing in business. Just I'm a you know I'm a curious person, and then all of a sudden it's like okay, what if I take this angle versus that angle in this play or alignment? I'm normally on a two shade, but if I go two plus here, how does that change the view of the quarterback where I'm at? So business also once you get things down, I think athletes in general, period, in business, and you know, curiosity is is great, but I think we have to get the basics down before we can start reaching and trying to uh, try other things. Let's yeah. learn the basics. Once we learn the basics of the game plan, then I can start being really curious yeah. and finding out if there are better ways. Yeah, um, I love Cliffy that you talked about like this. Sunday to Wednesday, it's like, you know, it's like drinking through the fire hose of learning, right? It's a whole new scheme this week in a different team, and you got four days. And by Wednesday, we got to have it all dialed in because you need the recovery Thursday, Friday to be yeah. ready to go on Saturday. And, you know, when I, ha I had Chase Minifield on my Winners Find a Way show, and he talked about, like, hey, man, when you're a scout guy, and then they tell you on Wednesday you're going. They do everything Sunday, Monday, Tuesday with the other team members, 
And then they finally decide, like, yeah, he's not going to be ready. He's not going to be healthy. So you're a go. <laughs> like, wait a minute, man. They all got the four days, and now I'm host here. Like, now you're trying to, like, do everything in two days, and it's like, whoa, and you don't get any reps because now we don't have any yeah. kind of contact. We got no, no, no practice left in that. So it's a challenge, man, but it is fast learning. And it's so important. And, you know, it's great for these athletes to understand that, hey, this NIL thing, uh, you know, kind of, kind of tip of the week here, right? Like, be curious. Find out about what's out there. Find out what your local community who wants to be involved. Find out, you know, how you could structure a deal of a, of a monthly recurring revenue of a, of a few hundred dollars to work with a brand and, and do some things and take a partnership and help that brand gain value. Meanwhile, you're getting some walk around money and, and learn. And as you get really good at this, people are willing to do more. They're willing to pay more. They're, there's ways to earn more through some programs like we offer. I mean, and so there are a lot of things out there, but I think it, it starts with curiosity, Cliffy. You just, you can't put the blinders on and say, hey, this is the only way. True. Real well said. Rob, man. Oof. That's actually Cliffy bringing the noise, man. He's trying to national championship, bro. It's all about Husky Land now. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully when the next people see this, we'll have a, Washington will have another one. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have one, hopefully, where you're holding the trophy up. Trent, I don't know if you could be in Michigan, if you're, you've been quiet about that, even though you didn't go to Michigan, if you're kind of rooting for them. But we'll, we're, we're rooting for Cliffy. Yeah, yeah we're, we're rooting for Cliffy. That's for we're, sure. We're, yeah. State of Michigan is going to be probably be behind the Wolverines pretty good. You know, we're we're still trying to recover from the Lions Dallas debacle. You know, <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're still trying to get over that one. Yeah. You know, like so. Yeah, okay. you know, yeah I was gonna have a, uh, have a fit on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm worried about that guy blowing a gasket, but like he is. Uh, yeah, so far, you know, this is one of those things. I think, you know, you talk about we've talked about athletes, uh, Cliffy, but you know, as longtime coaches, you know, these athletes, you know, when when I talk to people about this. And I, I've done all these interviews for my book and, and, and the podcast and stuff. You know, the people that have been influential in, in others' lives is their coaches. Do you have somebody in your life that, that, that has that? Because I don't want kids in the NIL world to miss that there's going to be adults that come around you and support you and, and they want to do well for you. They've had some success. They want to pass on that knowledge, mentor. Like Cliffy said, like, the best in the world will be patient with you. They see that you want to learn. They want to come alongside. Did you have somebody in your life like that that was just uh, impactful while you were there? Yeah. I mean, uh, Coach James, Don James, he was, you know, great coach. We've been around. I mean, he, he's the one who gave Nick Saban his first job. I mean, that's Don James. And, you know, in Saban's book, he wrote about Coach James for sure. Coach James, you know, first was a great human, uh, cared about the athlete before he cared about the player. That makes sense. And I'll, I'll say that for Carol, his wife, too, who I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, keeping contact with. You know, Coach James, I, I was lucky enough to, to talk at his service. I was asked by uh, the family. What I learned from him is that, that you're a human, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a person before you're a player. I saw the way he treated his wife. It was, it was so... Uh, Powerful. It was. It was just like wow, and how he treated at our, at our recruiting functions, and uh, she was part of it just as much as he was. Um, I, I do know that, that he was a, a a quick story on him, if, that, if if I may. Uh, I'll try to be quick. Uh, my grandfather, 
as I mentioned earlier, my grandfather was very part of our our group. He almost went to every practice I had at Washington. So the the, the Roosevelt practice in Washington at the, uh, 92. So this is the year after that. Um, we, we should have got two national championships, but we had some problems with Billy Joe Hobart taking some money and it wouldn't be, it'd be legal now. But anyway. Yeah, right. Hey. Uh, anyway, my grandfather, Coach James, you can never sit behind his tower. So he had a tower on the south end zone or on the south 50 yard line, and you could nobody could ever get behind him. There's always security there. And, and you know, it was, it was somewhat open practices, but not really. But, you know, family, of course, could all go. Well, one day, different bull practice in Washington, Seattle, we had it. It was crazy. It was a sunny day, which never happens. So, but the sun's setting really far to the south, right? Because it's in, it's in December. So where my grandpa always sits with his little cushion, and, and everybody knew my grandpa, just so you know, he'd give mints to everybody. It was just fun. It was great. I'll be quick. So I'm looking up, and I see my grandpa, because the sun's nice. He picks up his little bag, and he's, he's walking around the west end zone to go sit on the south side. Well, this is my, whatever, fourth year. Coach, my, my grandpa knows you can't sit behind Coach James, right? Well, all of a sudden, he gets about to the 20-yard line on the, on the, the south uh, side of the stadium. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, security is coming from both sides. And I see <laughs> Coach James. I see Coach James. And when he grabs his blowhorn, that's not a good thing. You know, right. normally you're getting kicked out of practice. Clifford, go run the stairs, fighting, whatever. <laughs> he leans over around his tower. It's got a top on it. And he goes, hey, nothing stops. No, nobody stops. And he goes, and the whole field stops because the players know. He got his freaking his, his megaphone. You're in trouble. And he goes, security. Well, the two security guys stop. And he just goes in front of everybody. He can sit wherever he wants. Wow. It was, oh. And it just said, I said, he almost went to every single practice. Yeah. And that's Coach James in a, in a nutshell. He yeah, might not even know. I didn't know he even noticed my grandfather. That, that shows a lot for him. It also shows a lot for your grandfather, too. Yeah, that respect of Coach so, James, which is awesome. Coach James had a lot, a lot with me. I had a coach when I was really young, uh, Joe Williams who taught me in Little League football that there's nothing I can't do, Yeah. period. It doesn't matter. You can't even use the word. Uh, yeah. I couldn't play. I, I couldn't even use the word can't. Yep. Um, if I didn't hand my goals in by Friday, I couldn't play on Saturday. So I had to write goals for every game and come goal setting and how to visualize and what to do. And this is at a, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old level. Wow. And it stuck with me throughout. So Joe Williams was a big... Uh, and of course, my pops, my dad. Seems like everybody I'm talking about right now is dead, though. <laughs> well, you know, listen, man, it's 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 the life, they, they right? And I, I do see. I'll tell you what, though. You know, when you say that you know, having coached with Coach Saban, some of the things you bring up, like Coach Saban is is a great human, right? And he's living some of those traits through Saban of Don James. Yeah. Like Don yeah, James, yeah. and and probably there was a a Shula or whoever taught Don James, yeah, you know. Yeah, like yeah. it just it, it perpetuates because when we have great coaches, you know, for kids out there, you grab the best of those people around you, and they're humans. They've got some yeah. bad parts too. Like I get it. Like we're not all perfect. Yeah, we're gonna make mistakes. But when you see the really good parts, and you go, "Wow, I, I just so much admire the way Cliffy manages relationships with his team and with his team members." Like, I, I got to do that better. Like, it inspires me. It always motivated me as a coach to, to be doing that with my players as well. And so oh. the impact is not, it's not a small wave, man. It, yeah. It's a nice size wave. It's not, it's not a tsunami. You know, no one's getting wrecked on this thing. 
but you're having significant impact. And as athletes, this is the benefit of you are going to find great people along the way. Keep the radar up and look for them because they will steer you in the right direction. That's a great way to end it. That's a trench tip of the day there. There we go. Thanks, so well, we, we want to thank everybody. Clippy, thanks so much. This has been an awesome show. We look for us each week. Uh, you can go to uh, Sports Epreneur and find us. We're across all the different podcast networks and looking forward to bringing you great education on NIL. And uh, Trent, as always, it's, it's great work with you, buddy. Thanks, Rob. As always, James Clifford, special guest today. Thanks for joining us, Cliffy. Go Huskies. Let's go. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you.